the podcast on the mount where we talk about Jesus, discipleship, and community. Let's go! Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the podcast on the mount with your host, Jonathan Amos, and your co host. Good morning. And uh, today we would like to. We would like to. Um, talk about um, something interesting um, if you remember we have an episode where we talked about the church and politics and uh, you know as, as, as part of it I think um, we, we also wanted to think through about the kind of perspectives that we can have when it comes to church and politics and about you know how to actually act this out so um, today's episode we'll be looking at um, Anabaptists and Anabaptism and uh, you know what it's all about so if you're ready, let's go. Okay, Adam. This is an interesting topic. So, mm. why Anabaptist or why Anabaptism? What's the relevance? Why do we want to talk about them? Yeah, um, I think first and foremost, it's a, it's a tradition of Christianity that is not common amongst Ghanaians. Um, and so we want to um, examine it a bit more. And see where what what underpins them. Learn some lessons from them, and um, both positive and and and, and, and otherwise. So um, because we, we we feel they have a very important perspective, which many uh, Christians need to take into consideration uh, in in their Christian life, in their approach to politics, in their approach to everything else. So yeah, they they are an interesting people. Okay, Th- that alone is enough for us to talk about. <laughs> okay, so for um for our listeners, um, some history would be good. So, mm-hmm. uh, who exactly are they? Where do they come from? You know, how did they begin? How did they start? You know, there's some you know some history. Yes, yes, yes. So, so um, let's just say that um, um, there are different you know branches of Christianity, at least of Western Christianity. Okay. Uh, and and baptism is one of those uh, uh, branches of Christian uh, of Christianity that started off during the Protestant Reformation, hmm. um, somewhere in the 16th century, 1522, and so on. Um, they began. They were typically part of the other Christians who were uh, protesting the Roman Catholic Church's be- behavior in the 16th century, um, but. Um, and they wanted to push things a bit further than uh, most of the reformers uh, wanted to stop at. Um, so the name Anabaptist means somebody who, the Anna part of it is uh, a re baptizing again. Yeah, okay, again. So the Anna means again. And so they were people who essentially. Uh, we're saying that um, um, it wasn't enough for people just to be born into Christianity. They needed to own the Christianity for themselves, but they themselves stating that they wanted to follow Jesus. So it meant that if you were born as a child and baptized, you never actually made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Mm. And therefore, they were insisting that no, and, uh, baptism should be by adults. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you okay. should you should make the choice to be a Christian. Hmm. There are reasons why that so oh, oh, that came to be associated with them, but they were 
talking about a whole raft of issues. Uh, it's just that the, the baptism part was the most obvious uh, part of their uh, their more or less opposition, but their their their, their stance was very uh, wide, uh, widely encompassing. Mm. Um, so they started off basically in Zurich in Switzerland. Um, the m- most of the leaders who, do, when this movement started, of uh, people like Conrad Grebel and Felix Manz, they were students of Ulrich Zwingli. Now, if we, if you ever do um, a study of the Reformation, there are three uh, main leaders of the Reformation. There was uh, Martin Luther from Germany and Ulrich Zwingli from uh, uh, Switzerland, and then uh, John Calvin from France. So Zwingli. Uh, the the Baptists were students under Zwingli, and they said, "Well, if you are pushing us to make all these changes, then the Bible also seems to point to the fact that we need to make a choice to follow Jesus Christ. So, why do you want us to baptize children who can't make any choice in the matter? Mm, baptize babies? Yes, baptize babies actually, uh, mm-hmm. right when they were born. Yes. Um, so, and this this uh, caused uh, uh, quite a rift between them and and the other reformers. Mm. Um, so, in history, sometimes they are referred to as the radical reformation because they wanted to push things beyond what the reformation, uh, uh, where the reformation stopped. And you would find them mostly across, they were mostly across Holland, Germany, and Switzerland. That's that's where their, that's where their presence was in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, um, if if I'm right, you mentioned that there were a number of different things which mm-hmm. which um, which concerned them. But you also so the key thing you say, at least the key most popular thing, mm-hmm. is that they were looking at rebaptism or bat- baptism again mm-hmm. to make a choice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if that was the only thing, then I mean they they could have been part of the reformation and then still try to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. try to push the message within the reformation mm-hmm. in some way. Yes, but yes, yes. I guess that wasn't the only thing. And yes, yes, obviously. There, there had to be more. So what, what, I don't know. What yes, else yes, was yes. there? Obviously. What were these other concerns that they had? Yes, 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 yes. But I see, uh, at, the, at, the, um, at the root of the, the cry for ensuring that people made a choice to be baptized before they baptized, at the root of it was the problem of Christendom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christendom is a term we used to refer to a state of affairs where almost everybody within a society is assumed to be Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, before, So way back then in Europe, at least in the 16th century, almost everybody was Roman Catholic. Yes. And because uh, the state had adopted the religion of Roman Catholicism, it actually... Uh, you, uh, you, 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 once you are born, you are automatically baptized. So there was really no clear distinction between the state and the, state. and the and and the church. Okay. You and because there was no clear distinction, it really didn't make any sense to wait for somebody to be an adult before they are baptized anyway, or to make a choice because you actually didn't have any choice in the matter. You are, you are born in a Christian. <laughs> you are born state, into a Christian state, and therefore, and therefore yeah, Christian logically, you just baptize you as a child. Mm. There are other reasons why um, child baptism also happened, mostly. Because there was certain ideas about if a child was born and they hadn't been baptized and they died, then they, they would virtually go to hell or something of that sort. So that further cemented the desire to have children, uh, babies, uh, baptized immediately they were born. Mm. 
Mm. And so, but the main the, the, the main accusation or the main uh, protest point of the um, the radical reformation of the Anabaptists was that we must have a separation between the church and the state. Uh, the church and the state cannot become one entity. And this was mainly because normally when you did something against the state, what tended to happen was you would be put in jail. Yes. Or if they felt it was extreme enough, you would be killed. This is the irregular thing. I mean, if you do something against Ghana's constitution, yes. you have to face the courts and be put in, either put in jail or be killed. Now, if you had fused the church and the state, then it means that even if you do something spiritually wrong, <laughs> you could be hauled before civil courts yes. to answer. Uh, you get it? Yes. Um, so, I mean, for example, in that period, adultery was a criminal offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but this is a simple, this is a, a moral issue. It, it had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the state. Exactly. And yet, yeah. adultery as a, an issue was being adjudicated by the state. And if you made a mistake of falling into adultery, then you would go to jail. Mm-hmm. You get it? Okay. So, without that clear separation, um, what was happening was that anybody who stood up and said and criticized the church was seen to be criticizing the, state. the whole state, the whole state yes. which meant that we needed to uh, then the whole state will g- get itself in order and start persecuting you. So that's what happened. The Anabaptists were. You, you should could also probably add that because of this this measure, mm. the state could take actions, and then the church had to find excuses. Yes, and yes, good, and yes. good reasons and good reasons to for the state to do it. Yes, <laughs> the, the the church had to find <laughs> so-called biblical basis to actually support the the, the, the state's uh, activities. Yes. For example, a simple activity like tithe. Back in the day, it was virtually tax of the state, and then the church came up with biblical reasons to. Uh, cover it up uh, oh it's uh, 10% to the whatever and so on and so forth you know, mm-hmm. uh, the so called Malachi 3 <laughs> statements but for, um, um, for almost a thousand years after the early Christians nobody was paying tight why did we lose sight of the fact no it's because it got to a point where the state began to use the church as a means to collect taxes mm-hmm. so then we came up with a, a, a justification biblical justification for doing it so these are the kind of problems uh, that Anabaptists were really pushing for that people we must have a separation between the church and the state so that the, the church can decide in its own ways how to enforce discipline and Jesus Christ gave us guidelines for how to enforce discipline simple, exclude the person from the church that was, I mean Matthew, uh, is it Matthew 18 mm-hmm. exclude people from if that's the worst that you could do to a person he said you start off by bringing the matter to the person themselves. If not, uh, talk to other people about the matter. If not, bring it before the church. And then if that's the worst, then exclude him from the church. But if the church was the state, how could you exclude that? You know, no, no, you, can't. <laughs> you can't exclude. The only way of exclusion is to kill. Is to kill. So this was a huge problem. Um, and it's a problem that was... Even when the Reformation succeeded and a state like Germany became a Protestant state, they were still working with that Christendom orientation where everybody was expected to be Protestant. Exactly. So, if you had any question against the Protestant Reformation or the Protestants themselves, then 
they will follow the same attitude of using the state force to persecute you. And so that's the the primary uh, criticism, which then led those who agreed with the Anabaptists to say, okay, then I reject that baptism that was given to me when I was a child because I didn't make any choice in that matter. And therefore, I would rather do it again as an adult who is now aware of what I'm doing. You get it? Mm -hmm. But somehow it's the baptism part which came to be associated with them, but not the real underlying issue. Um, which was uh, uh, the violence, the, the, the joining of the state to the church, and therefore the violence and so on that that they perpetuated. Mm. And, and I think there were a few other things as well. They realized that the the, 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 the church also had a, because of its associating with the state, the church had a serious love affair with money. Oh, well, yes. I mean... Um, it still does. Well, it still does, you know, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, to the extent the, the church was so focused on preserving its wealth and so on, and not rather being the people who were giving out and taking care of the needs of other people. Um, one of the, um, for example, there was a time when the uh, the king of France was was uh, was uh, hijacked by some wayside people, and they asked for a ransom to be paid right, by the state of France. Mm-hmm. And the state of France was at that time so broke, they had to go to the, the bishop of, 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 of Paris at the time to give them money to pay. <laughs> hmm. uh, you, you get it? It's, it, it that tells you the power. It the, the, tells the, you the, the kind of wealth and power that the church had back then. Hmm. So that the church was so busy collecting the money and stashing it away in its own coffers and caring very little for the poor. Hmm. So... Um, uh, it it was definitely one of the things one of the uh, things that the Anabaptists stood up against. And let me give you an example of, for example, Menno Simmons, uh, who was the leader who big, who today we have a branch of an Anabaptism called Mennonites. Mennonites. Now the leader of that group in the earlier days was called Menno Simmons. Uh, Menno Simmons was brought before uh, a, a, a court. For being, you know, Anabaptist, for being heretical, and one of the accusations they accused him of was, well, you people, you Anabaptists, say that everybody must give their property to the church, you know. To they, they were using the 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 Acts chapter two example that where everybody sold their property and brought it to the apostles to share. They were using that to accuse men or Simmons that you guys are. This is what you guys are teaching in your church that everybody should sell their property and hand it over to to the church. And Menno Simmons responded that, no, that is not, we never said that we are practicing a community of goods. That's the term we call it, community of goods. We are not practicing a community of goods. We are simply saying that those amongst us who have more should give to support the needs of the poorer amongst us. Mm-hmm. And then he counter-accused. And he said, if that is the same thing that you, of the Protestant Reformation, and you Protestants and Catholics and so on were doing, you would have less, much less poverty than you have today because we are Anabaptists, even though we are persecuted, we've done quite well in taking care of the needs of those amongst us. Yes. You get it? Mm-hmm. So, um, this was one of the clear uh, cases. I mean, today, as we speak, we have a church which we, we've been building for the last hundred years and we are not finished. Sagrada Familia in, 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 in Spain. And that tells you where our priorities lie 
even post Christian, even after Reformation, and blah blah, and so on. <laughs> get it. Mm. But anyway, and then the, the the last thing was also that mm, one of the criticisms was that the early ch- uh, the church, at least both Protestant and Catholic, had ignored Jesus Christ's teachings and paid more attention to using the Old Testament to justify what it wanted to do. Oh, okay, yes. Exactly. Yeah, then, um, appealing to Levitical priesthood, uh, appealing to uh, David's, uh, uh, you know, flamboyant behavior or whatever it is to, to uh, for example, the uh, divine right of kings. The idea that all the kings had a divine right to rule because the 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 the, the church had this alliance with the state, and most of the states had kings. So somehow they came up with a theology called the divine right of kings. Mm-hmm. To ensure that the kings cannot be challenged by anybody else, using Old Testament teaching, you get it. But if you look at Jesus Christ's own statements, look at the Sermon on the Mount, look at um, his instructions. Uh, what he said, the two, the two most important commands were: love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, and and so on and so forth. You could see that the church back then was simply uh, finding ways and means every day to accommodate the state and not pay attention to Jesus' own mm-hmm. commands in the gospel. So this is, this is basically the summary of, of the concerns which uh, the Anabaptist movement stood up and, and began to protest. Uh, they began to protest both their fellow Protestants <laughs> as well as uh, their Catholics as well. And sadly, they, they got killed by both sides plenty. Hmm. But <laughs> the examples that you give are interesting. So you just give an example of Menu Simmons. Yeah. Right. And, uh, do you have any other more examples? Well, um, of, of, of people, of individuals who, you know, I mean, within the Anabaptist within movement, Anabaptist, who's yes, yeah. For example, you, the, you can give an example of Dirk Williams. Um, uh, here is somebody who is being chased. Uh, for being an Anabaptist, uh, and the person who is ch- uh, chasing him falls in water, he falls in the river. I think we should go back. Go back. So he's arrested as being an Anabaptist. Uh-huh. He's arrested. He's put in the cells. Yes. And then, some way somehow, he's able to escape. Okay. Now, as he's running away, mm-hmm. he's being chased. He's mm-hmm. being pursued. It's actually an interesting story. It's the yes. Willem and the pursuer. Yes. So he's being pursued. Now, while he was in prison, he, you know, the, the food rations were so small and bad for so long mm-hmm. that he got so lean and so light, mm-hmm. right? So he's running, and then apparently there was some ice, and he was able to run over this. Mm-hmm. But the guy in pursuit of him, mm-hmm. obviously, he has good food. Mm-hmm. So this fat guy just <laughs> goes and he breaks and falls into, the, falls through the ice, mm-hmm. and he's screaming that you know, save me, save me, help me, help me. Mm-hmm. So Derek is running and he hears this. Now, you see, I don't know. I mean, there are so many, uh, so many people. So many, ninety nine percent of people probably would just keep running and be thankful that you know that the person chasing them has fallen into water. Mm-hmm. Probably most Christians will say that, "Hey, God has given us this opportunity. God mm-hmm. has opened this door for me. That has opened this chance for me to mm-hmm. run away." Mm-hmm. And and this I've got this, and I'm going. And you want me to come back? And no way. But Derek Willem goes back and offers a helping and, and helps this person mm. come out of the water. Mm. 
well, even after the help, yes, he was arrested and taken back, and then you know whatever happened yeah. to him. Was Finally, killed. he was he was so he, killed. He was yeah. killed. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the you see the the story here, the the the, the morale of the story here <laughs> is that look, it's look, it's it's life and death. It's you know, it's it doesn't it doesn't matter. Live, save. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what, also, when I when like, I read it, when I read yeah, about yeah, it, it's, it's an example of somebody taking Jesus Christ's statement about loving your enemies, loving your enemies, yes, exactly. seriously. Selflessness. Um, um, I mean, when Jesus Christ says, "Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you," this was uh, an active demonstration of of that. Mm. Um, definitely, definitely, it, it would be difficult for many of us to do that. Um, but the reason why, uh, I mean death can be commended and and you will see maybe that is a, a very high profile example but there are many small small acts by many leading, many Anabaptists in that direction in mm-hmm. terms of rather thinking more about their enemy and thinking about others more than themselves uh, was that insistence that look we must follow Jesus' own statements mm-hmm. we must take Jesus as the authority for our lives and Take his do. yes all the way to the point of death, mm-hmm. and so what? One of the things that has become distinctive about uh, most Anabaptist Christians is their pacifism, uh, or what you call nonviolence, that they refuse to join in in war efforts and so on and so forth, in joining the army or any of these kind of things because of taking Jesus's own statement seriously about loving your enemies and not being the ones who are ready to kill and persecute other people. So yeah, Derek Williams, is, <laughs> his story is extraordinary. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> but seeing also that um, at the time there was a lot of Catholic influence mm-hmm. and then the Protestant movement came so then it also grew, became mm-hmm. something big. Yeah. Uh, how, I don't know, how, how was the message received? I mean, how, how well was it received? I mean, how, you know, the people yeah. take it and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think their, 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 their message definitely resonated. Um, you can see it spreading from Switzerland to Holland to um, Germany, some parts of Germany and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think part of it was also the same reason why the Protestant Reformation itself was also very successful, hmm. which was the invention of the printing press. Yes. So now there was a lot more Bibles, but there was also a lot more of you know uh, pamphlets that people wrote and, and spread through the the uh, I mean the printing, being able to print these things and spread them about. Good. So um, the printing press was very helpful towards the spread of of their message, hmm. and then it led to the formation of many house churches and and. Uh, the churches that meet in in the forest and you know, those kind of things. The, the the thing was they couldn't come out and I mean, have small their groups that meet in churches. More not like crusade style in the forest. No 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 no. It's small groups uh-huh. that were meeting in okay. churches because you know the, 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 those societies were so integrated in such a way that if you didn't go to church, it would be very obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like everybody had to go to church anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't go to church, it would be obvious. Mm-hmm. And people would start asking questions. Where, where is this man? Where is this? So a lot of them kept up their attendance of regular church. Whilst on the side, they went to you know these other meetings, and Baptist uh, meetings. And so, um, but of course, the more they were discovered, 
many of them were killed mm. for for their stance. Many, many, many of them were killed for their stance. Um, they were viewed as a threat. Um, mostly is it because we were challenging that that integration between church and state, mm-hmm. and it, it it struck at the right at the heart of many people's understanding about church and politics and and. and mm-hmm. And you know, many people had this thinking that uh, they are they are they are, are modelling themselves around you know Israel as a, 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 you know the nation, <laughs> the, yes, the nation of Israel. Therefore, the you know whatever. Israel. Yes. So the church was the priesthood side of it, and then the, the government and whatever were the Davidic uh, and so on. So to actually raise questions about that was really radical and led to a lot of, of, of them being killed. I mean, like Dirk Williams who was arrested and and uh, uh, in the end he was killed even though he tried to do good to to his uh, um, pursuer. So one of the ways they survived was by moving about, you know, move from this state to that state. If they, they met um, a king of a state who was more lenient to them, then they would say, okay, at least this is what we will guarantee that we will farm for you. A certain percentage we will give to you, and so on and so forth. So, um, the the states that uh, were welcoming to Anabaptists were, in the end, they were quite happy for having done that because Anabaptists were very hardworking. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it is because they actually had no choice anyway. <laughs> or else, <laughs> they could easily get angry and, you know, after all, they were figurative. So, they put in their best efforts. But they, they, they were very hardworking in, 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 in that respect. Um, and very pious. And you could, many of them were commended, even by their enemies, for being very pious, very spiritual people. Uh, very morally upright people, um, and then the, the 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 one defining character, which was that they refused to participate in war. Yes, they they totally refused to participate in war, and so which also meant that you had to well, if you are not going to participate in war, then why should you continue to protect you? So part of their means of paying for not participating in war was the farming or whatever. And giving a high percentage of their produce to the state or to whatever, mm-hmm. which would not have been demanded of other ordinary uh, people living in Nestehem. But because they chose not to be in war, they had to mm-hmm. suffer a lot more uh, in that respect. So that 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 is that uh, that's how their their message was was, was received. Because yeah. if if you live in the, in the state. The state has laws. Mm-hmm. I mean, although you want to be an Anabaptist, mm-hmm. all these things you can't avoid. Yes. You know, if Germany has to go to war, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and you live in the country and you choose not to go, <laughs> yes, you don't want to go and kill. Mm-hmm. Although you know that your food is wasted, so they're still going to kill. Mm-hmm. But you, some some of these things, it's <laughs> you you know you think through and it's you know. It, yeah, then, then it's, it's when, when you really have no choice. Sometimes, the, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, yeah, probably, like, it, it's not as easy as we would. Yeah, it's not always easy as we would like it to be. Mm-hmm. And and so in certain circumstances, for example, there, there was a, a huge uh, Anabaptist presence in uh, in Russia, uh, and uh, for a long time they were welcomed and and I mean they, they were doing their part in society. Yes, they were paying higher taxes and so on and so forth. But 
when war came in some of the circumstances, still the people felt they were not doing enough and uh, they were just benefiting from the rest of everybody going to war. So there was a lot of pressure on them to, to turn their backs and, and join the war effort. And very few of them actually did. You get it? But at the end of the day, most of them stood their grounds. And in the end, they emigrated elsewhere when they found that the pressure was too much. Okay. Yeah. So. Hmm. So. We've, we've, we've looked at them, but so where where are they today? Well, where, um, where can we find them? Where can you find them? That's a good question. Most of. Uh, um, and are any around us in Ghana? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's another whole ball game. Most, most because um, Anabaptists were mostly a persecuted group, they they focused a lot more on surviving or on moving elsewhere if they felt the pressure was too much for them. Which meant you would find them. So they were mostly in. Um, you find uh, they they realized that the U.S., for example, at least was a state that didn't have. Um, was a country that they didn't have, uh, or at least uh, encouraged the church-state separation. Um, that was because the Puritans learned this lesson from the Anabaptists. The Puritans were people who came from England, okay. who they started up the, the the U.S. colonies. But at least they picked. They also had their own experience of the church trying to dominate them and so on. And so, but then Anabaptists were the ones who earlier experienced that first before the Puritans. So. They made that choice not to uh, have the church and the state fused. Mm -hmm. So it was easier for Anabaptists at some point in time to say, well, the U.S. is open to us. Let's let's move there. At least they don't have this church-state uh, um, uh, fusion. Yes, sure. mm -hmm. So, yeah, they moved. A lot of them moved to the U.S. A lot of them moved to Canada. And a few of them subsequently also moved to South America. Yeah. And and then from those places they try to found uh, other Anabaptist communities, okay. uh, a few in in southern Africa, in Zambia, Zimbabwe, uh, a few in South Africa as well. Okay. But to it is it is only after they had you know mostly done the settling in U.S., Canada, and South America that they then made efforts to try to be evangelistic by going out and coming to Africa and so on. But so, um, uh, Anabaptism is now largely represented by um, groups like the, the Amish or the Amish, if you want, yeah. uh, the, the Mennonite uh, group of, of, of Anabaptists, then the Hutterites, or some people say the Hutterites, I don't know if you want them, how you pronounce it, and then the, the Brethren in Christ. So these are... Um, some of the, 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 the denominations that uh, that are in Anabaptism. One, let me. I'll say two things. Well, not two things. I'll say something about some of the groups. Um, for example, the Hutterites are a group that uh, actually took the idea of community of goods seriously. So, if you join a, a Hutterite uh, uh, denomination, you have to give up all your property to the group, and the group manages it. Okay. So this is a case where you could say that the accusation against Menu would have been correct, except the Mennonites actually don't practice that, so okay. they were accusing the wrong person. <laughs> hmm. But the uh, Hutterites were a group that practiced uh, the community of goods. Um, and then the Amish, uh, a very interesting <laughs> group uh, in the U.S., mostly in Pennsylvania. 
I mentioned a group of uh, Anabaptists who decided who have a very strong Pietist uh, leaning. By, by Pietists, I mean that uh, they, they have a strong sense of separation from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Where the idea is that the world, rest of the world is, is, is polluted. And uh, if, we, if we get involved, the rest of the world uh, will become sinful people and so on. So as a result, the Amish uh, have kept their, well, whatever state in which they were back then in the 16th and 17th centuries, they've kept that way of life and tradition and so on. You see them, they don't use cars. They use uh, buggies with horse in front, horse-drawn buggies. Uh, they dress, you know, like very, like a, a, yes, almost like um Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> okay, okay, Game of Thrones is a bit crudish, but they dress, you know, like Victorian, uh, Victorian, uh, yeah, yes, Victorian that's, age that's kind of word. dressing. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're very simple, and and that is really uh, uh, commendable about them. Um, and also taking their their pacifism, their stance against violence, also very seriously. Um, so, 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 so these are the, the groups that you would find uh, uh, that, that are interesting. I'll say that the Mennonites and the Brethren in Christ are mostly like most churches you would, you would see in the Protestant uh, circles, except that they are Anabaptists and therefore they take these teachings of Jesus Christ a bit more seriously than most. So, um, I think what what would be interesting to know is. Um, you know, with with all groups, I mean, historically, there would always be you know um, good bits about them, and then there would be the bad bits about them. Um, but what do you think? What what? I think we've mentioned quite a lot of positives mm-hmm. about about the uh, about the Anabaptist movement. But mm-hmm. I mean, if we're to to summarize, yeah, yeah summarize the good stuff, and then if we can also talk about some negatives, if mm-hmm. there are any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Anabaptists are normal human beings like everybody else, so there will definitely be some lessons that we should learn not to uh, emulate from them. But um, when we, if we talk about good lessons, I think that um, one of the clear things which they were forerunners of, and I mean, today we are happy, most of us don't have uh, the state controlling our religious affairs and so on. But if you go to, a, I mean, the Arab states and so on, they have a, a, that joining the between a, a church, the, the religion and the states state, um, in terms of Islam. But it is because of uh, the, the, the efforts of people like Anabaptists that today we have that, at least in, in countries where Christianity dominates, Anabaptists were the first people to say that, no, that is wrong, hmm. because that will have the tendency to, to negatively affect the the, um, the the witness of the church and um, the problem I would say is that a lot of people still rather desire that the church and the state were together in terms of even though they know there is a church state separation they still work as, as if the, the church and the state were one and you know they are, you know I think it would take a long time for this Christendom attitude to to be critiqued and and to seep out of the blood of a lot of Christians because mm. <laughs> it's it's still it's still there uh, in some way somehow. But anyway, 
Um, so, fusing church and state always leads to compromise. Most often than not, it will lead to compromise on the side of the church. And we must be careful about that. So that's a good lesson to learn from them. Hmm. Number two, that discipleship, that choosing to follow Jesus Christ is costly. If we, if we, if we, it, um, there is no three ways about it. I mean, the man said uh, we should take up our cross and follow him daily. And he said, if he was persecuted, then we will be persecuted. So, if we choose the way of comfort with the state or comfort with the world, then definitely. Uh, yeah, we would have our com- comfort. But if we want to follow the path of Jesus Christ, it will come with some costs, mm. and we must mm. be ready to bear it. Um, the, the third one is violence. Violence is never the way of Jesus Christ. Um, as we've said before, f- I mean, the evidence is almost equivocal that I mean, the early Christians never got themselves involved in in the in the in the, in the state's violence until. We had a, a state where a state of affairs where the church was more or less under the control of the state. Then we began to to, yeah. to justify yeah. why the state should go and do its violence and why the church should support it. Mm-hmm. But um, um, the problem is that many of many Christians out there are Protestant or or Catholic, at, at least speaking in Ghanaian terms. And so they've never really had to wrestle with the subject of violence and whether the church should be involved in violence because their church traditions have tried to have, from time and from historically, been uh, involved in violence and found ways to justify it. So by default in Ghana, uh, what you call a just war position is the default position of most Christians, that a church, they, we, uh, there are certain cases or places where we can... Or we can act violently towards others. Yeah, but um, Anabaptists have been very insistent on that uh, up to this day. Um, Then the the other thing which the which good lesson which we need to learn from them is their focus on the church, on the ecclesia, Hmm. on the group of people who are gathered together as the the centerpiece on the the community. community. That God's idea is to use the community of people who are gathered together as his means of achieving his kingdom agenda. Not political powers and not uh, I don't know, whatever uh, other structures, power structures exist, but the church which is the community of people, the ecclesia is the centerpiece of his of his goal. Hmm. So that's why it needed to be separated from the state for it to then take up its own role as God's centerpiece. And so that's that's one of the things that the Anabaptists definitely had to die for, for for us to have any possibility on that subject. Now, whether we are actually taking the church seriously as God's centerpiece uh, or the, the 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 main focus of His kingdom agenda is another question altogether. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least some have laid down their lives to 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 push that, make that point uh, across. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to look at some of the negative uh, lessons, was that one of them was that you know, as I spoke of the them, they were very pietistic. That is, they were very uh, f- focused on being uh, holy. Um, and the problem with with that with focus on your personal holiness is that it, it always leads to uh, being a bit judgmental of other people. And because of that, also. It easily leads to division. 
very very easily and so although anabaptism is a small uh, uh, i mean if you compare it to protestant christianity or to oh, to uh, roman catholicism anabaptism is a very small group but it has it's had quite a, a number of splits and divisions that is because for their understanding of uh, being holy or being a separate people uh, was a bit flawed in that see the goal of Holiness is 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 being set apart for a purpose. The people of Israel were set apart by God for the benefit of the world. So being set apart is for the benefit of the larger people amongst whom you live, not for you to put yourself on a certain pedestal, and not for you to then be watching the the, the what do you call it parade, uh, watching over the, the 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 gates and making sure has this person done this, has that person done that, because that always leads to division. And so you had quite a large amount of separation uh, within the Anabaptist uh, Christianity after they survived the the persecution by the the, the, the Protestant and Catholics. Um, and so that's how come, for example, you see the the Amish people being stuck in their their old ways yeah. because of the assumption that um, you know, somehow if they, they, they adopted modern ways they would be I don't know they, they would be made unholy they would be made unclean uh, it's a very pharisaic <laughs> because that's how the pharisees were also behaving that um, if they picked any lessons from the Hellenistic culture around them and so on, then they would be made unholy and so on. So they were very, very, even the cup that they drink water in, they wash it so many times. <laughs> and Jesus Christ is saying, it's the inside of the cup that matters. What <laughs> so, but uh, they they were very, very insistent on, on rules and legalism and so on. And that, that is one of the the the, the, the things that uh, we, we, as modern Christians uh, and modern people who study history, should avoid when we are uh, looking at how to be faithful. Faithfulness is not about separation. Faithfulness is about uh, uh, is, 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 is covenant orientation. It's the fact that we and God are working together for the benefit of the world. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Interesting topic. Um, I don't know if we have some more time. Mm, I think this thing has been boggling my mind, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's, I think we can categorize it within church and politics, but mm-hmm. we can also try to look at it from an Anabaptist perspective. Mm-hmm. So, there's this thing in the US, you mm-hmm. know, this whole Donald Trump, uh, Hillary Clinton thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there was, I was reading about, fine, basically, this is it. It's about um, Hillary Clinton saying that she's going to try to make firmer rules for arms. Um, mm-hmm. arms Guns. Um, Gun yes, control. Gun control, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Donald Trump saying, we don't need any more rules of gun control. Yes. Let people have guns, let people own guns, let people be able to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. From there, then you go on to another point where you have Hillary Clinton um, saying uh, th- something about abortion. She mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. not in favor. Oh, she is. No, sorry. She's in favor of mm-hmm. abortion. Yes, you know, yes. it is your body, it is your yes, right. Yes, you yes, make yes, a decision. Yes, yeah, yeah. Then you have Trump coming in to say that. No. We should, you know, abortion is not something we should blah, 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 blah. Then you have evangelicals mm-hmm. who are supporting Trump mm-hmm. because of this abortion stance that yes, he yes, has. Yes, yes, yes. 
then I ask myself, if you are evangelical, if you are evangelicals and mm. you're supporting Trump mm. because of abortion, mm. what about all these other things he's talking about? Mm -hmm. Separatism, he's going to build a wall mm -hmm. between, uh, to, to block yeah, Mexico. the Mexicans. He's yeah. going to sh ship out everybody who's mm -hmm. not American. Mm -hmm. Then he's, when we are trying to do tighter gun control mm -hmm. so that more people are protected mm -hmm. and people don't shoot people by heart, mm -hmm. You know, you are, we are not looking at it holistically. Yes, exactly. You know, so yeah. I'm, I, I, sorry, it's just me. It's something that, that beats my mind. And then when I, you hear and, you, and you're like, the church, the evangelicals mm -hmm. are supporting Donald Trump mm -hmm. because all the 99 things that he's talking about, which mm -hmm. don't make any sense, mm -hmm. for which you should not stand with him, you choose the one one which mm -hmm. is about abortion and then mm -hmm. you say that okay because of that we shall support trump you, you know it's <laughs> yeah, well, but, i mean i mean i'm, I'm not saying see I, yes first and foremost yeah. the whole church and politics thing yeah. and the church stance on politics yeah. fine we shouldn't even have it yeah but, but if you are going to have it if you're going to have it yeah be, be logical be, be sensible no 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 how well, you I mean, have it yes yes, yes. um you know, I, I don't think um you see the the, the thing <laughs> with um, and and you would say that well the the, the Christian liberals also uh, buy into uh, the Clinton agenda so much and they just whatever it is she says they, they will just follow it and of course the other side is evangelical Christians as well and the the, the, the thing is track of yes we, we the, the, both the sides lose thing. total track of, of of the key issues at hand and and but this is how um, the, the 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 devil using. Uh, our loyalty to political parties and political entities divides Christians. Mm -hmm. It divides Christians because we have not asked questions about who exactly is our Lord and who are we supposed to be following. Mm -hmm. Where is our hope and where is our trust? Are you get it? Um, is it, is it in the people of this world? Is it in the leadership of this world? And what has, how has the leadership of this world fared so far? In, in in meeting all it, all the promises it claims to be able to give us, I mean Jesus, uh, when when the people of Israel said they wanted a king, God told them exactly what they were going to get, and that's exactly what they got. But He said, "I wanted to be your king, but if you are rejecting me, then well, this is what you get if you choose a human king." So we have chosen, and and when we today say that Jesus is Lord, we are making. A confession that the, the the people of the Old Testament during the time of Samuel should have made by saying that Yahweh is our one and only king. Hmm. And we, we choose when we mean spiritual Lord. I mean, every, exactly. Every, is it this is all part of the spiritualization of our terms and our languages? Hmm. We only think of Jesus in spiritual terms, not in political terms. Yeah. So it makes it very easy for us to be co opted by one agenda or the other. And not to realize how illogical it is that we are actually supporting one against the other when both of them are actually more or less representing the same thing. I mean, one is in support of abortion, which means killing of children who are not born. But then the other is also in support of guns, which means killing of children who are born. They are all lives, aren't they? <laughs> you get it? So, um, why is this blind uh, acceptance of, uh, of, of one or the other? Um, for example, uh, um, and, uh, the, the, uh, Donald Trump is talking about appointing uh, judges who then overturn the law about uh, uh, gay marriage. 
Um, since when was it that Jesus Christ was the one making laws and rules for society about how they should live? So much so that you don't care about. You are so wedded to the idea of revoking the law that allows gay people to marry that you don't care who it is who you vote for. So far as you would, quote unquote, appoint judges who overturn that ruling. Uh, where in the Bible does it say that we must tell the, the world the, uh, exactly how they should live and wha- how, whatever means we will use to tell them if it includes political leaders, we must sacrifice our own uh, uh, witness for Jesus Christ and support one political party to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's... Is it for, um, I, I mean, I was thinking about this and this statement struck me that Whenever we say Jesus is Lord, and yet we hang our hopes on one political party or one presidential candidate or whatever over another, and we say it is only this guy who can solve the world's problems, we are invalidating the statement we made that Jesus is Lord. We are completely invalidating that statement. We are making it null and void by we making this uh, unguarded, putting our hopes in a particular political leader to be able to change this world. And I think we should make it clear. When we say we, we don't mean the one individual who's going to cast his vote. But when we come as the community, as mm-hmm. the church, and yes. then we say this together, then we, because the, the you know, he's the head of the church. Mm-hmm. Christ is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. And so when the church, as a church body, mm-hmm. we agree that because of A, B, and C, we mm-hmm. shall support something. Mm-hmm. Then we have invalidated that headship of the church. Yeah, and, and even if we do it as individuals, the point is we must be making choices that lead to unity between us and fellow Christians. So even on an individual level, when we put our hope in a particular candidate, the question we should be asking is that, does this favor and this vim that I have for this political uh, candidate or political party lead to unity with me and my brother who comes for the, from the other side mm-hmm. so that we can actually focus on Jesus Christ and love one another and care for one another? Or is it rather leading to division between us so that when I see him, I automatically put him in this box and therefore I treat him this way and that way? Mm-hmm. You get it? So the question is, where are our loyalties? Because the kingdom of God is about bringing to, uh, I mean, look at Paul's ministry. A lot of his letters he did was about bringing two disparate people, Jew and Gentiles. The, I mean, the difference between them is like day and night. Mm-hmm. Bringing two totally disparate, culturally different, socially different people the together. And the yes, and putting them in one place and saying, you people are the people of God. Mm-hmm. Learn to work it out. It's and anything different. else that will take your loyalty away from Jesus Christ, eschew it. For example, eating meat sacrificed to idols. If it's a big deal, leave it so that others will feel okay. Uh, you get it. These letters he wrote to the Corinthians and so on. Paul's letters were always about how, especially the ones to these churches and so on, about how we may have unity within the body of Christ. So every individual choice by Christians must be asking the question, in what way is this choice leading me to further unity with my fellow Christian brother? You get it, yeah. and the, I think the one, the one of the main problems is that our view of Christianity is very individualistic. Mm-hmm. So we do not realize that it is the unity of the larger body that is important, and therefore I must make choices that lead to the unity of the larger body. It's oh well, I have my personal opinion. I have a right to think who is the better choice, and therefore no, you don't have the right to think who is the better choice. 
Uh, or, or else we are not a Christian. We admit that and let's all have a go have a cup of coffee and you know leave that whole matter behind. But if you actually say Jesus is Lord, and that's all that Paul asks in Romans chapter nine, in Romans chapter ten rather, he said confess that Jesus is Lord and that He was raised from the dead. Two things: His lordship, His kingship. Two: His, re- his resurrection. If you can confess those two things, then you are a Christian. Therefore. The first part, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. How are you taking that statement seriously? Mm-hmm. That, 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 that is where both the liberal Christians and the evangelical conservative uh, uh, Christians in America are losing it. And I'm the same way, that is where so many Christians in Ghana, uh, the NDC, MPP, so many, are losing the point. Because they put their hope and their trust in these political parties. And some, some people can't even imagine, hey, what if my candidate loses? Hey, how will Ghana be like? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you know. All right. Hmm. I mean, those who don't like Donald, Donald Trump. Hey, so if Donald Trump wins, what will this world be like? Well, he will make a lot of mistakes, but who is king? Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. Jesus is king. Hillary too will make her own mistakes, but who is king? Jesus is Lord. That's the more important thing. So. Now, at least that is one of the lessons that anabaptism can really teach the rest, the rest of uh, uh, us uh, Christians. And that loyalty to Jesus Christ is going to cost us if we are really serious about yes. it. It comes first. But it must come first. Okay. It must come first. Huh, okay. It's been a great episode. I, I think, think so, yes, yes, yes. No, no doubt. And, uh, Thank you, Adam. <laughs> You're welcome. And, uh... And from your team here from the podcast on the Mount, we'd like to say thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope you join us again um, on our next one. Um, so thank you and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast on the Mount. You can ask a question, make a comment, or just reach out to us on our Facebook page, Podcast on the Mount, and on Twitter at Podcast on the MNT. 